Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Concierge Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Chapin. For this episode, I'm going to go through the Week 2 rankings and give my thoughts at each position, whether it be a general reaction to Week 1, or looking ahead to a matchup I like or don't like in Week 2. At quarterback, we're expecting everyone to bounce back. Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, facing the Vikings and Raiders respectively, are the top two plays of the week for us. Hurts didn't play at all in the preseason, so hopefully... He'll be more aggressive, especially as a runner, as the season progresses. And Allen had major struggles versus the Jets last night with four turnovers. And it was a very disappointing performance for him. But the Jets are a team that has given him some problems. And he should be much more sharp this week versus Las Vegas. And Joe Burrow, we also expect to bounce back. Sort of a similar story to Allen in that... Last week's opponent, the Browns, are a team that Burrow and the Bengals in general haven't had success against. So look for Jamar Chase and T. Higgins to get going against a Baltimore defense that will again be without Marlon Humphrey. Also in the top 10, we have Jared Goff as our QB8. Matthew Stafford didn't have a big fantasy point total with all the rushing touchdowns, but he pretty much picked apart the Seattle defense. And with a few extra days to prepare, I'd expect the same from Ben Johnson and Goff for the Lions. Also hanging on in the QB1 ranks is Geno Smith, who faces Detroit. That game has the makings of a shootout. Last week was obviously a disappointment for Seattle's passing attack, but Geno had 320 yards and two touchdowns against Detroit in 2022. So he's one of several guys to not overreact about, whether it be a quarterback or any other position. And then further down in the rankings, some guys I would avoid are Dak Prescott versus the Jets. He's our QB 18. I'm expecting a big year from Dak in general, but New York showed what they could do on Monday night. And with Aaron Rodgers, unfortunately, done for the year with the torn Achilles, the Cowboys could be in another situation where they don't really need to air it out this week. I would also recommend avoiding Sam Howell. He falls outside our top 24 quarterbacks for a road matchup versus the Broncos. We'll see if he improves as he gains more experience, but Hal, despite the win last week, seemed to hold on to the ball too long, and the next three weeks won't be easy with the Broncos, Bills, and Eagles on the schedule. So I'm also a little down on Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, as Hal seemed to prefer throwing to his tight ends and Curtis Samuel more than expected. So with Patrick Sertan on the outside, I'd say McLaurin and Dotson are better viewed as flex options for week two. At running back, I don't know what the Titans were thinking by limiting Derrick Henry to playing about half the team's offensive snaps, but he should be a high-end RB1 this week versus the Chargers defense. That should still struggle versus the run. And on the other side of that matchup, I expect Austin Eckler to play with an ankle injury, but if he doesn't, Joshua Kelly would carry RB2 appeal. He actually had the same number of carries as Eckler last week, so Kelly is certainly worth picking up with some standalone appeal in addition to handcuff upside on a high-powered offense. For someone that started slow last week, Ramondre Stevenson couldn't get much going versus Philadelphia's defense, but he seemed to find a rhythm, and he notably was entering the week with a stomach bug after missing practice on Friday. But I was surprised by the usage with Ezekiel Elliott getting quite a bit of work in space 
with Stevenson being used more between the tackles. But he got some screen passes and dump offs in the second half and was able to rack up yardage based on how the Dolphins defended the Chargers running backs last week. I like Stevenson to have a big night on Sunday night. And Zeke should be a standalone flex option. He's our RB31 for this week as New England looks to get both involved. For the Philadelphia backfield, we have Kenneth Gainwell as our RB25 for week two. He has a short week taking on the Vikings on Thursday night. And head coach Nick Sirianni says they want to get DeAndre Swift more involved. But Gainwell handled 18 touches in the opener. And if the rib injury, which caused him to be listed as DNP to start the week, turns out not being a big deal, then Gainwell should be a solid play on Thursday night. But on the other side of that matchup, I would avoid Alexander Madison if possible. The volume being a starter in a good offense keeps him in the low-end RB2 flex range. But Philadelphia is looking stout against the run with Jordan Davis up front. And Madison feels like someone that will be reliant on touchdowns this year. So if you have another volume back like James Conner or Jamal Williams, then I'd recommend going with them this week. For the Rams backfield, Cam Akers was able to find the end zone in the opener, but he rushed 22 times for just 29 yards, and Kyron Williams outsnapped him, was more efficient, and not only has more upside in the passing game, but seems to have trust in scoring territory with a couple scores of his own. So we have Williams as the preferred play, and he should be rostered in all leagues as the potential lead back for Sean McVay's offense. And finally, for the Baltimore backfield, we have Gus Edwards as the top guy for week two, but I would say this is a situation that you don't need to invest in. You have Melvin Gordon waiting in the wings, coming off the practice squad, who was talked up by John Harbaugh this week. Justice Seal scored twice, and rookie Keaton Mitchell could also be involved. So with a couple of key injuries on the offensive line, it's probably best to wait and see how things play out. And from a longer-term perspective, I'd say there's definitely a chance the Ravens end up trading for Jonathan Taylor. Moving on to wide receiver, we have Chris Godwin as a borderline wide receiver one for a matchup versus the Bears. Chicago really struggled to defend the middle of the field, mostly getting damaged by the Green Bay running backs in the opener, but it's an area that Godwin can attack, and he should have the much better matchup compared to Mike Evans, who will see a lot of Jalen Johnson on Sunday. For the combination of Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, Ayuk is close to a must-start top 20 option this week after a two-touchdown performance in the opener, but we actually have Debo a few spots higher this week. Samuel typically comes to play versus the Rams. Over the past four matchups, he's gone for at least 117 total yards in every game, including three touchdowns over that span. Aside from Christian McCaffrey, there will probably be some frustration for the San Francisco playmakers in terms of fantasy production, but they're all too good to not be in lineups, and it's pretty obvious that Brock Birdie is for real, so quarterback play shouldn't be an issue at all. Three names ranked in the 20s that I like this week and beyond. George Pickens, our wide receiver 22, facing Cleveland. Gabe Davis, our wide receiver 25, facing the Raiders. And Romeo Dobbs taking on the Falcons as our wide receiver 27. For Pickens, he'll be the no-doubt wide receiver 1, with Deontay Johnson out of the lineup. We saw the Cleveland cornerbacks have a great game last week versus the Bengals, but I'd anticipate Pickens winning some battles on Monday night, especially being someone that doesn't necessarily need to be open to make a play on the ball. 
for Davis, I could just picture him catching a deep ball versus Las Vegas. Maybe Josh Allen will be too reined in based on last week. But if pass protection holds up, then Davis and Stephon Diggs should be able to get behind the secondary. And for Dobbs, he caught two touchdowns in the opener despite battling a hamstring injury. And whether or not Christian Watson plays with a hamstring issue of his own, Dobbs has the trust of Jordan Love and the coaching staff in scoring territory. And I mentioned last week he has the potential for 1,000 yards and 10-plus scores. So at least in terms of finding the end zone, last week was a good start. And I would think Dobbs is a bit healthier heading into game two and should have more yardage upside. Then finally, a couple of later options to hit on. Kendrick Bourne we have in the top 40 versus Miami on Sunday night. I just talked about the trust that Jordan Love has in Romeo Dobbs. And Bourne is clearly trusted by Mac Jones. We saw them have a really strong connection in 2021. And after last year's weird season under the Joe Judge, Matt Patricia coaching staff, it seems Bourne has become a big part of the offense. And they'll probably need him coming off a two-touchdown game to have another big night based on how explosive the Miami offense is on the other side of the field. And Kadarius Toney, I'm not saying he's a recommended start this week, but Andy Reid defended him saying drops really aren't an issue for him and probably just had an off night after missing all of training camp. So he'll be someone that's dropped in a bunch of leagues this week, but based on the talent and opportunities that should still be available for the Chiefs, I'd pick up Tony and hope he can eventually be a big part of the offense and most importantly, stay healthy. Quickly at tight end, I have teetered back and forth on how I view Kyle Pitts. Basically, he's a freak talent, but the usage in Atlanta's offense is frustrating. On the plus side, he hauled in a downfield catch last week, and there is definitely room for increased production based on how little the Falcons threw the ball. Desmond Ritter, I think, had 18 attempts in the opener, so that's surely to climb in future weeks. And based on the overall outlook at tight end with a bunch of low scores in week one, the former number four overall pick remains a borderline top five option, including this week against the Packers, where despite often playing on the perimeter, he should mostly avoid Jair Alexander. Also, Dalton Kincaid certainly looked the part on Monday night. We have him as a top 10 play versus the Raiders. The rookie played about 75% of the team's snaps in his debut. And other than Stephon Diggs, he looks like the top target that Allen trusts underneath. The other top rookie tight end to mention is Sam Laporta versus Seattle. The Seahawks really struggled to defend the middle of the field versus the Niners in the opener. So I'd expect Laporta to be a target that Ben Johnson looks to get open. And dating back to last year, we know the kind of success Detroit tight ends could have in scoring territory. So he's our tight end 13 for this week. And then Zach Ertz on the other end of the spectrum as a veteran option to consider picking up. It resulted in just 21 yards, but he had six catches last week. I didn't even think he would play coming off the torn ACL, but he was able to suit up. So him already getting quite a few targets is a great sign. And maybe he'll increase the upside versus a Giants defense that he really put up huge numbers against throughout his career when with the Eagles. So that will conclude this episode. 
as always, you can find our full rankings on wolfsports.com, and we'd be happy to answer any questions you might have. Until next time, I'm Don Chapin. This was the Fantasy Concierge Podcast. <laughs>